I can't tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and love you so very much. 14 years next Sunday, as a matter of fact, being here at Christ's Legacy, and it has been a privilege and an honor to serve as your youth pastor. Uh, now's the time when most candidates would take a little opportunity to share about themselves. I mean, you, you, you kind of know me. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I want to say thank you to Pastor and Nina. For 14 years, I've served under you, and you've raised me. You have taught me more than I ever wanted to know about the ministry. <laughs> you've shared with me things that I never would have thought to believe, and I, I love you very dearly. I love you very much. I appreciate our board for putting their faith and trust in the Lord and taking a chance on a youth pastor. And it is an honor to be standing here behind this pulpit this morning. So what, I, what do I tell you that you don't already know? <laughs> I've grown up in front of you and matter of fact, my kids are growing up in front of you and many of you have had the opportunity and, and we've had the privilege of you sharing Christ with my children. So I, I guess I, I won't take that opportunity this morning to tell you anything about me. And a lot of candidates would choose this time to talk about a vision for the church. Well, the truth is, is that I, I love this church. I love this church and I love you. I've loved your, your students, I've loved your kids. And so you, you know my heart beats for this church. Some candidates this morning would choose to take some time to make a, make a political statement, listing the top five reasons why you ought to vote for them. <laughs> well, sorry, that's just not me either. Truth of the matter is, is that I care more about the Lord and his word than to tell you about anything about me. And I just want to open up his book this morning. And I want to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. And I hope it ministers to you. As a matter of fact, I know it will because the Lord has given me this message for you this morning. So if you will, open up your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. And as you're opening up there, I want to just take a little time to fill you in a little bit, bit of background on this passage of scripture. Elijah was a prophet of God. He was a man of God that was called to do some wonderful, marvelous things for the nation of Israel. And during his tenure, he, he spoke out in authority and in a voice of God to the nations. He was in 1 Kings chapter 19, the man of God that would would go up onto the mountain, and God spoke to him, not in an earthquake, not in a, a wind, not in a fire, but in a still small voice. And in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, God used that still small voice inside of Elijah to speak to him and tell him to go find Elisha. 
when he found Elisha, Elisha was a young farmer's boy that was plowing fields with oxen. And in a short ceremony, he threw his cloak over Elisha and said, you're now my assistant. The Bible tells us that Elisha went immediately and followed after him after he broke down his, his plow and he sacrificed his oxen. And the Bible tells us he ran after Elijah. The next time we hear about Elisha was in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2. There Elisha had just seen the prophet Elijah taken by a, by a, a chariot of fire. He received a double portion of the anointing of his spirit. And then he went on and he parted the Jordan River and walked across. After he parted the Jordan River, he went on to Jericho and he, he healed the waters of Jericho. After he healed the waters of Jericho, he went on and some young people started making fun of him for his bald head. So he called down a curse in the name of the Lord and two mother bears came out of the woods and attacked 42 of them. <laughs> so I hope you kids are paying attention this morning. <laughs> and then that brings me to the portion of the message today that I wish to speak about. You see, the, Moab the Moabites had, a, had been... Um, a plague on Israel for the longest time. And so Israel finally conquered the Moabites and, and finally King Ahab passed away. A transition was in place with Ahab and Israel and Ahab passed it on down to his son, his son uh, Joram. And jo Joram, in that transition, Moabites decided that they were not going to honor the tax that was enforced by Israel, a tax that was 100,000 lambs and 100,000 coats of wool of rams. And Joram saw this occurring in front of him, and he realized that Moab was forming a revolt, and so he was going to stand up against that revolt and put it down before Moab brought a war on Israel. And so Joram decided to go to war with Moab. He called down over to, to Judah, King Jehoshaphat, and enacted a treaty. And Jehoshaphat said, we'll come with you. Where should we go? And Joram said, we need to go through Edom so that we can attack Moabites from the south. And so there they picked up the king of Edom. And so you have three armies being led by three kings through a desert for seven days. And at the end of the seventh day, they ran out of water. They ran out of water right before the attack. Looking for water, they could find none. And so they began to, to question the mission that they felt like God had placed them on to wipe out the Moabites. They said, the Lord has led us into the middle of the desert and caused us to run out of water so that we would be delivered into the hands of the Moabites. I wonder how they must have been thinking in that moment. What are we going to do? We have all of our equipment, all of our, our weapons. We have the swords. We have the horses. We have the chariots. We have, we have the, the, the guys with slingshots. We have everything laid out. We have three armies. We're going to go crush the head of the, the, these Moabites, and we have run out of water. 
I wonder if you know what it feels like to run out of water when you're trying to do something great. <laughs> Lord, we have tried to start this business. We have invested all of our money. We have set forth on faith knowing that we're supposed to be doing this and I just feel like I've run out of water. Lord, I have put everything I have into the marriage and I feel like I have poured and poured and poured and I have nothing left to pour. I'm about to run out of water, Lord. I feel like I am in a dry and thirsty world. Lord, I, I have witnessed and I have poured myself out to my friends and my classmates and nothing has come in return. I'm about to run out of water, Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do with myself. Lord, I, I, I feel like you have led me into the middle of nowhere to die. I don't know if you feel like that. I think I'm just preaching myself this morning because I want you to know that some people in this place have felt like they have poured everything they have out and they're about to run out of water. But I want you to know this morning that somebody has some sense in there. Somebody had some sense to call out for the Lord because that's where we pick up this passage of scripture if I can find it in my notes. Y'all didn't know I'm a little nervous, did you? <laughs> See, in 2 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 11, we find out that the king called out, is somebody here able to speak on the Lord's behalf? Let's pick up in 2 Kings starting, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a man who speaks for God here? Is there not one we can ask to learn what the Lord would have us do? One of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. He poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the men who tell what will happen in the future that your father and mother have gone to. And the king of Israel said to him, no, it is the Lord who has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, as the Lord of all lives before whom I stand, if I did not care for Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you or see you. But now bring me a man who plays music. And when the man played music, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. He said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches. Somebody say amen. For the Lord says, you will not see wind or rain, but the valley will be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals will drink. This is only a small thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will give you the Moabites also. Then you will destroy every city, cut down every good tree. You will close all the wells of water and destroy every good piece of land with stones. The next morning, the Bible says, about that time when the gift is given at the altar, water came from Edom. The country was filled with water. Heavenly Father, I ask God that you would Open up our hearts, Lord, so that we can receive your word. Lord, I pray, God, that we would begin to dig ditches in our life, Lord, so that we can receive a blessing from you. Lord, pour yourself out today on your servants. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. 
First, I want to ask you the question, where is the prophet? Somebody, touch your neighbor and say, where is the prophet right now? Hallelujah. Bible says, but Jehoshaphat said, there is a man who speak, uh, is there a man who speaks for God? I, I, I wonder sometimes what happens whenever we don't know where a man that speaks for God is. Where is he? You see, Elijah, the servant of God, the one that the kings had a relationship with had been taken away and nobody knew where to find a man that speaks for God. How do you get a hold of God in this, in this situation? But there was one that said, I, I, I don't know about Elijah. I don't know where he went. Nobody could find him. We sent people out looking for him, but he wasn't here. He must have been taken by those chariots, like Elisha said. I, 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 don't know, I don't know where we can find another prophet, but I, I do know somebody. Now, now th this, is, this, is, this is somebody that wasn't a prophet before, but I, I know somebody that has been around Elijah just a little bit. He, he, he was a man that used to pour water on Elijah's hands. His name was uh, Elisha. See, see, back in biblical times, that was a phrase, pour water on the hands, to share with people that he was the assistant of Elijah. It was a, it was a menial task to pour water, to wash someone else's hands, to wash their feet. It was a menial task to go about the business of his daily life. It was a menial task to, to serve him. But what people didn't realize and what this official knew is that whenever you walk around doing the menial tasks of, around great men of God, they have a tendency to rub off a little bit on you. Somebody hear what I'm saying this morning? And whenever you, whenever you begin to pour yourself out and pour out on the hands of great men, they rub, rub off a little bit on you. <laughs> I, I want you to know this morning that, that when you begin to serve Christ and you begin to serve the church, he begins to rub off a little bit on us this morning. I, Pastor, I, I can't help. Uh, uh, sometimes I think, think about things and I I don't know anymore which, which are the things that you've said to me and which the things are I've thought about myself. <laughs> Whoop, glory. You know, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I, you know, I, I just can't help but, but hear pastor's voice kind of echo through my head. I, I, I can't help but know, remember whenever I was uh, uh, doing fences with you, pastor. And I was putting posts in, and, and I, I just kept hearing, you and God are majority. And I, I was thinking, well, God can take this one, and he can put this post in. Because, and and, and I, 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 just, I just know that when you hang around, and when you serve people, when you love people, and when you serve Christ, your actions begin to, to, to model after Christ. When you, when you are around him and he gets inside of you, you begin to operate like him and, and know his heartbeat and know his voice. You see, Elisha has spent time with Elijah. And Elijah had heard the voice of the Lord, but I want you to know that Elijah must have gone back to Elisha and said, Elisha, let me tell you what the voice of the Lord sounds like. L let me show you what it feels like to speak with authority against a nation. Uh, Elisha, let me, let me show you what it looks like to be afraid, but still do it. And see, Elisha, 
He was over there. He, was, he had performed miracles, but the, the kings didn't have a relationship with Elisha. But this official did. And so the official comes to, to the kings and said, let me tell you about Elisha. He, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. And, and, and perhaps, perhaps you can go and hear from, from him. And so Elijah, Elijah turned and, and or the kings turned and, and, and went to uh, Elijah. You know, um, as a chaplain candidate for the United States Army Reserves, I, I know a little bit of what it's like for a, a commander to call out for his chaplain. I, matter of fact, I get that quite often. I hear a voice uh, coming from an other office, where's my chaplain? Because <laughs> commanders can just ask for whatever and however loud they want to be. And, and guess what? You'd stand up and run. <laughs> so I'd run into his office, sir. He called for me. He said, chaplain, and he began to share with, with me an a update on the mission. And he said, chaplain, here, here's what I need, need from you. And I listened really closely because as a chaplain candidate, I'm on the uh, commander's special staff, personal staff. And the commander would share with, with me what was going on and maybe the needs that he had. And he'd ask me to go speak to somebody or go have a counseling session over here or, 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 or speak to uh, the formation. Or, and, and most of the time he'd end it with this, but, but chapel, more than anything, I just need you to pray for, for our soldiers. What a delight it is. And I want you to know, now, what, regardless of whatever you see in the news, there are men out there that are leading people that are calling upon ministers that are calling upon leaders of the faith to pray for them to do the right thing because the truth is not dead. The truth is alive and well and God is using men and women to serve him in the United States Army and the Air Force. God is calling, uh, maybe in the Marines, I'm not sure, I haven't checked. You see, I, I realize that my time in the army is, is coming to an end. And I'll always be grateful and thankful for a time to serve my commander, my unit, to serve my division, to serve this great nation. But I understand what it's like for someone to call and say, where's my chaplain? See, when you begin to walk with God, you begin to hear his voice and know what he would say in certain things. I wonder, I wonder if, if people look at you and, and they think to himself, are, are they a person that I can call upon to hear from God? He, can, can I call him to, to pray for me when stuff gets really messy in my life? Can I call upon them to, to love me, to encourage me? Can I call upon them to, to make wise decisions for me? Because you see this world and these people that have been hanging out with the Lord, that know his voice, that work hard and encourage them and help them to do the right thing. I love, uh, uh, Brother Jack has already mentioned Lori in here. Lori, where are you at? Wave at me here. Where are you at? There, there, oh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I appreciate Lori very much because she has this thing that I, I like to look back on. She says that if you want to get to know somebody for real, you make them work in the kitchen. Any, anybody ever work with Lori in the kitchen? Mm. You can't hide from her, can you? Man, she is 
reached a lot of people in this place. And it is true. If you want to get to know somebody, you work in the kitchen with them because you can't run, you can't hide. You find out if they're a good worker, if they're lazy, you find out if they take direction well, if they give direction well, you find out a whole lot of things in their life. If they get distracted, if they can make a good uh, dessert. Mm, I love (laughs) y'all. You find out so many things about a person when you begin to work in the kitchen. And and you see proximity helps us to understand who somebody is. And I wonder if your life, whenever you're hanging out with people and you're around them and you're rubbing shoulders with them, if the proximity to your life reveals the fact that you've been hanging out with the Lord and that they can call upon you and depend upon you for something that they want to hear from the Lord. And and I want to mention this. If you want to learn a little bit more about me, you feel like you don't know about me, you are welcome to come and help me serve in the kitchen. This Saturday, coming up for the women's tea, I'm going to be heading that up. I need some men to come and help me. So if you want to know a little bit more about me, I want you to come. Please come and help me. (laughs) Serving these crazy ladies out here. (laughs) Woo, glory. (laughs) Who's pouring into your life? See, Pastor Brooks has always said, show me your crowd and I'll tell you your future. I wonder who you've been hanging around because if you've been hanging around the right people and the Lord, then the right is rubbing off on you. But if you've been hanging around the wrong people, they could be pulling you away and causing you to drift from him and his presence. There's some people out here that have the wrong relationship. They've been hanging out with the wrong boyfriend or the wrong girlfriend. And I want you to understand, young men, if you're hanging out with the wrong girlfriend, you think, you think to yourself that, well, if I just hang out with her long enough, I'll, 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 I'll help her. I'll, I'll, I'll make her into a Proverbs 31 woman. Young man, I want to let you know, if she's not a Proverbs 31 woman, whenever she's on her best behavior, you're not going to help her marrying her. Young ladies, that goes for you too. If he is not a man that loves the Lord, don't, don't, don't continue that relationship anymore. You're wasting your time. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you, can, if you can help it, hang out with the right people. If you're hanging out with the wrong people after work and they can tell you every NFL draft pick, but they don't know the first thing about the pastor that, uh, uh, of the church that they go to, you're hanging out with the wrong people. I'm not saying that we can't have friends, but who we, who we regard closely, who we are in close proximity with, are the ones that are causing us to grow closer or farther away from Christ. Where is the prophet? Number two, and I need to hurry. Where is the presence? After a short back and forth between the kings and, and Elisha, he finally agrees to go to the Lord on, on their behalf. Verse 15 says, but now bring me a man who plays music. And the Bible says, and when the man played music, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. I want you to know this morning that we have to position ourselves to receive the presence of the Lord. We have to put ourselves in a position to receive his presence. We must be intentional about receiving his presence. So many times we offer these prayers, God, please show me what to do. Please tell me what to do. And then we get along with the the lifestyle that we have and we neglect to to put ourselves in a position to receive a word from him. Some Some of us are having trouble turning off Netflix and turning off Disney Plus and turning off YouTube. And I want you to know it's getting easier and easier by the day to shut those things off, amen? 
and, and, and we, we, we don't turn off the, the, the music and, and, and it's hard when we're feeling bad about ourselves to turn off the country, but we need to turn off the country sometimes and turn on the worship. And for Elijah, uh, Elisha, it was as simple as listening to a playlist from a brand new artist dropping a new single, okay? But, but, but for some of us, it, it looks different what it looks like to become to get ourselves into the presence of the Lord. Some of us, like Pastor Brooks, makes an altar in the trees outside. For me, it's walking around in the sanctuary by myself, calling out to the Lord. For you, it might look something different, like driving down the highway with nowhere to go, crying out to God at the top, top of your lungs, looking like a crazy fool at a light, okay? Don't think I haven't seen some of y'all some, somewhere. But we have to find ourselves alone with God and eliminate the distractions and call upon the Lord. We have to intentionally position ourselves in the presence of God. You see, coming into the presence of God, I'll, let me tell you what it's not. It's not about lights. It's not about the fog. It's not about turning up the music loud. It's not about making sure that you shake hands with the preacher. It's not about any of that. You see, I want you to understand that the presence of the Lord is simply this, coming in humility and coming to him in, in genuineness and loving him and calling upon his name. There is nothing wrong with these lights because I understand that we need to minister to a lost and dying world. But I want you to know that it does not have to do with an atmosphere that we create in here, but it has to do with the atmosphere that you create in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Elisha put himself in a place to receive the presence of the Lord. And the Bible tells us when he put himself in that place, the power and the hand of the Lord came upon him. We need some people in this place to put themselves in the presence of the Lord on a continuing basis. So that the Lord moves in your life and in your business and amongst your friends and in your family. That the Lord moves in you so much so that when you walk around, people can look at you and say, you've been in the presence of the Lord, haven't you? There is a Shekinah glory that shines about you. There is something different about you. Did you do your hair different? Did you grow more hair? Yes, I did. Is there, is there something about you that is different? And you and I can say, yes. Yes, I've been in God and with his presence. And finally, point number three, where is the promise? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, where is the promise? Verse 16 said, he said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches. For the Lord says, you will not see wind or rain. But that valley will be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals will drink. This is only a small thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will give you the Moabites also. Then you will destroy every strong city and cut down every good tree. You will close all the wells of water and destroy every good piece of land with stones. You see... When the word of the Lord comes to us, there's a, a power and there is a clarity, but it's a call to action. He calls us to dig ditches. 
See, there's a principle here that I don't want us to pass by. Jesus pointed this out in scripture. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he says, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. You see, the principle is this, is that when God speaks on our hearts with clarity and power, blessing will begin to flow. But if we don't make preparation in our lives, the blessing will flow across us and we'll miss it. We won't be able to hold a blessing. But we are called to go into that dry valley and begin to dig ditches so that as that blessing flows across us, we'll retain the portion that is ours. You see, we have to work to receive the blessing. God is calling this church for a time of harvest, for a time of blessing. But young people, mom and dad, it is time for us to dig some ditches. It's time for us to promote new leaders. It's time for us to dig new ditches in the children's department, in the youth department. It's time for us to dig new ditches with new groups. It's time for us to begin to make preparation to receive a blessing from God. This congregation has already voted to dig a ditch on the other side. See, this congregation already understands this, this principle right here. But I want to know about your life and in your place. How many times has God allowed the blessing to flow, but you and I haven't made the preparation in our own hearts and lives to receive it? Would you stand with me all across this room? You see, God himself said, this is an easy thing for me. It's an easy thing. You've been working so hard and so long to try to figure out how exactly are you going to work all this mess in your life up? How, how are you going to, how are you going to work this out? How, how are you going to fix the relationship? How are you going to fix the kids? How are you going to fix the job? How are you going to fix the work? How are you going to fix the school? How are you going to balance all of this stuff out? Your schedule's full, but you're tired. You say, Pastor John, I am running out of water here. I just need some water, but I don't have the strength to go and dig a ditch. I don't have the strength to, to make my heart ready to receive his, his outpouring. Let me tell you something. You find the strength when you're desperate. You find the strength whenever you want to call out to, to the Lord. When you have no other option, you will come to him and say, Lord, we are tired. We are thirsty. We're out of water, but we need you. So those kings went back to their armies and they dug ditches and canals. And the Bible says in verse 20, the very next day when it was time to offer the offering. 
They woke up and water was already sitting in those ditches. Families, mom and dad, kids, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will show you what to do in your situation and prepare your heart to receive a blessing if you will just call out to him right now. Perhaps you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I, 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 I am so tired and I am so thirsty and I wanna, I wanna receive God's blessing, but I need to hear his voice. It's been so long and maybe you, you have never heard his voice. If that's you, I want you to know that there is hope and there is life. Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He can give you rest this morning. Jesus is the one that can give you the water where you will never thirst again with every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want anybody looking around. Just take a moment right now. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I just need a, a sip of that water that I will never thirst again. I feel dry inside. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I wanna pray with you. I won't call you out or embarrass you. Thank you, I see the hand, yes. I'm looking all around just for a moment longer. Thank you, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm not going to move. We're just going to hold steady for a second. We've got time. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you. Lord, there have been hands raised this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that you would come in power and might, Lord, but in a still, small voice that you would speak unto these people, Lord. Lord, your sweet words of encouragement, Lord. I pray, God, that you would call them out of that dry and thirsty world, Lord, and plant their feet on that solid rock, Lord. I pray, God, that their soul, God, would drink in the water that they would never thirst again. Lord, I pray, God, right now that they would find you in a marvelous way. Hallelujah. Perhaps you're here this morning and you feel like the Spirit of God has tried to bless your life, but it has rolled across your life and you haven't made preparation and it's time to, it's time to call out on, on your behalf or the behalf of your family. I just want you to grab that person's hand on the right and your left right now all across this room. Just grab their hands. Right now, if you need prayer in your life, if you want to receive that blessing from the Lord, would you just simply do this? Squeeze the hand of the person standing next to you. See, we're all a part of the family of God here. And we believe that when, when we pray together and we, we ask the Lord on behalf of the other person, or on behalf of the others, Lord, that, that we, we unite our faith together, that something wonderful will occur. The Bible says that when we pray, God hears us and does something powerful in our lives. Let's begin to pray for each other. Heavenly Father, right now with our hands joined together, our faith united with each other, Lord, we pray, God, for that person on our right and our left. Lord Jesus, that you would call us to do things in our life, Lord Jesus, and you would give us the strength and the courage to stand and begin to dig those ditches. 
Lord, to begin to do the work that you've called us to do, Lord, to receive your blessing. Lord, that you would pour yourself out across our life. And Lord, that we'd be able to retain those blessings, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, filled with your blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, God, that not one person would leave this room this morning without feeling refreshed, without feeling blessed, without knowing, Lord, that you not only go before them, but go behind them and on their right and their left, guiding them and guarding them. Lord, we call out to you, Lord Jesus, that you would call, that, that you would bring this church to a place to dig. Lord, that we would dig in, Lord, and we'd receive the harvest that you have for us. Lord, that our doors would open and people would begin to come in. Lord, that we would not see wind, that we may not see rain, but Lord, we would gain a harvest of souls that would build the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray, God, that you would have your way in this place. Oh, anoint us, Lord, to do your work. Oh, hallelujah. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be blessed this morning.